Does it feel like the only way to sell is to do weird, sometimes creepy things that kind of put people off? Yeah, I've been there, which is exactly why I created Stay Close to the Money, a free resource that offers you 37 stupid easy ways to grow your revenue without being salesy, sleazy, or questionably moral. This free guide is available on my website and in the links in the show notes. So make sure you go download it so that you can start making more money today. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Strategy Snacks. I'm Frenchie Forenzi, and today we are joined by Hannah Cole, who is Oh, we met through Farnoosh BTS, which is like one of my favorite groups I've ever been a part of. Um, she is not just an accounting and tax wizard, but she's also a creative and she really does something very impressive in the way that she bridges the gap between the creative world and the sometimes considered less creative world. But I would argue it might not be that less creative world of um, taxes and accounting. So Hannah, it is so good to have you here. Thank you for being here. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. Thank you so much, Frenchie. It's an honor to be here. Um, yeah, so I am have always been a practicing professional artist, like with an MFA and solo shows and galleries, um, including one that starts in two weeks. Um, <laughs> basically, when I had the experience of starting my own, uh, you know, like starting out as a professional artist, I had such horrifying experiences that with other with accountants judging me because I was a creative person that um, I ultimately decided to go back to school for accounting and get a tax expertise. And so I started my company, Sunlight Tax, where I serve self-employed people, solopreneurs, um, creative people most especially, with just really clear tax information, no jargon, just totally understandable, really geared towards helping you, you know, set up to pay quarterly taxes and, you know, your estimates and um, get your bookkeeping on track. Just those sort of basic things that you need, but that are often extremely mysterious and difficult to access through, you know, traditional accounting world. Love it. So important. Um, I, before we get into our questions, I will just say that I feel this way about strategy as a term a lot, right? There's these just like concepts or skills that are so like shrouded in mystery in the way that we talk about them that they feel completely untouchable. And taxes is definitely one of those strategy. Capitalized strategy is one of those insurance. I actually think nobody understands insurance. So maybe that one doesn't really count. But I think it's so great and so important to have people like you who are just simplifying the way we talk about concepts that are actually quite simple and somehow got like overcomplicated in the game of telephone that brought us to where we are now. So, so glad you do what you do. Thank you. And I agree. <laughs> so to start us off, um, I would love to hear about kind of one of your, your biggest business wins, one of the moments that you really like to celebrate most in your business journey thus far. Sure. So um, I was thinking about this. I think really it is getting super comfortable with numbers. This is not something everybody has to do, especially to the degree that I have. But right. um, I grew up allergic to math. I was a painter. <laughs> and, and um, you know, now I run launches for an online program and I look at my financial statements every month. And I, I, I've just realized that like data is neutral. It's not there to criticize you. It's there to tell you information and you can put whatever story on it you want. But ultimately it's like, 
pretty objective and it's really wonderful as a measuring stick. Um, and so to try and like get rid of that mental garbage of like making it tell you bad stories, which is really the reason that I resisted it so badly, mm-hmm. actually just like trying to look at it just like, okay, numbers help me realize if I'm doing what I wanted to do and help me know where to adjust in order to do it better. So that is my business biggest, my biggest business win. There's many areas where that covers. <laughs> and totally, I, totally. But no, yeah. but I love what you said about neutrality because I, I feel like I talk about this a lot in different ways, but one example I think of all the time is that I use Alexa, our little home robot person. Just as you said that, the podcast listeners, uh, <laughs> their their home instruments of all. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I use Alexa um, <laughs> to, for my kids sometimes to like put a timer on. So I'll be like, Oh, okay. So let's say three minutes until we have to leave the house. I have two toddlers. I turn the three minute timer on and Mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, she just said we have to go. And it kind of just like takes it out of like their mom telling them what to do. I'm like, or there are times where I always write our menus on this whiteboard in our kitchen and I'll be like, they'll be like, oh, I don't want this for dinner. I'm like, oh, but this is what the menu says. And there's something about creating that neutrality that is really it people you receive the information better and i think that's true when we're looking at the numbers in our business or the information in our business mm-hmm. um or whether it's my toddlers figuring out what's for dinner um and so i think any way that you know for anyone listening you can really start to think about how do i neutralize this so that i can get curious about it because if you get if you put the story on it you shut down a lot of the time because there's like a lot of shame mm-hmm. but if totally. you keep it neutral that's when you can get curious and you can fix it Absolutely. And it takes some practice. And I think you really have to come at it, especially in the beginning, with a ton of compassion, self-compassion. Because like, and I say this as as a visual artist who's always been far more interested in like innovative, groundbreaking work than financial gain. And like, my balance sheets never look too good. (laughs) So like, it felt like you know, if you're making all your decisions based on artistic integrity and like, you know, a big, big vision, you know, great. Hopefully where where that shows up is in the painting is like killer, right? Mm -hmm. It might not show up on your numbers. And so you have to understand you're making a trade. Like Mm -hmm. I'm now much more at peace with that. But at the time I would be like, I don't look at my numbers because that's where I look bad, right? That's where what I'm doing doesn't seem to make sense. So I love that. I love that. Okay. So speaking of feeling not so good or feeling like our data is judging us, talk to us a little bit about one of the hardest business lessons you've had to learn along the way. <laughs> Taxes. No question. <laughs> I mean, it's why I do what I do. I, I felt when I, uh, you know, moved to New York City and had to become, you know, like do my first quarterly tax payment, I, it hit me like a shovel to the face. Um, I just art school had not prepared me in any way. And I was, I was enraged at how unprepared, like not one conversation had ever come up. And suddenly here I was faced with this difficult thing. Um, and I found that like talking to accountants was not helpful. I found myself being extraordinarily judged and shamed, um, for my lack of knowledge, as opposed to somebody being like, let me open the door for you and like help Mm. you crack this thing. Um, so that that was extremely awful and terrible. Um, I I messed up very badly 
in a, in many ways I was audited. I like all kinds, all the terrible things. Like I'm a good teacher because I've done everything wrong. Like that's why I'm good at this. Cause I understand the fear and I understand like the, you know, where, where people kind of misunderstand it. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I, I am from the school of hard knocks on this stuff and I really get that it's scary, scary, scary. And that accountants just often, I like, I think there's more women in accounting now, but like as a woman, as a mother, as a creative person, yeah, I just did not feel seen in that space and um, did not feel valued. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, that's so frustrating. Right. Cause like, I do think it is like this, well, one you go into higher education, you learn all this stuff and then you get sped out into the world. And like, you know, I feel like in the movies, parents are always like, don't go to art school. You need a real job. Right. And then it's like, well, how unfortunate is it that these art schools aren't actually preparing their students to make money off their business or off of their work and to actually like be strategic and smart about how they're doing it. And so that kind Mm -hmm. of perpetuates that cycle rather than like, actually creating a world in which the starving artist stereotype doesn't really need to exist if you can learn a few ways to go about it and ways to have both your passion and your money makers and all those things. So, um, yeah. Oh man. I can't imagine being in New York where everything is like 10 times more expensive than anywhere else and learning all these lessons. (laughs) It was awful. (laughs) So thanks to all those hard lessons, tell us what is one strategy snack or business tip that you want to share with our listeners? Yes. So especially when people are starting out their business, it can be very easy to get random tidbits of information here and there um, and feel that you need to do this one and this one and this one. There is actually a good order to go in when you're doing different business setup things and you don't have to do all of them at once. So mm-hmm. the one I'll give you, cause I want to keep it at nice and edited for your short mm-hmm. podcast is an S corporation. So mm-hmm. there's talk. You might hear people say, Oh, you should become an S corp. Here's the thing. I have seen so many people form S corporations when they shouldn't, like Mm -hmm. without knowing what it means, without knowing what their legal obligations are on the other side of that or tax obligations. And before they've ever done a break-even analysis, and if they had ever done that, they would know that they'd lose money by forming one. Mm -hmm. So just want to give a little quick guideline (laughs) for people about forming an S corporation. It's a wonderful thing but it comes later in the game. So mm-hmm. S corporations basically can save you money on self-employment tax, mm-hmm. but only once your income is above a certain threshold. And it's not a one size fits all threshold. If you're in New York City, like Frenchie, the threshold is very high because New York does not acknowledge S corps. And so, and there's an extra tax, right? When you're, um, when you become one. So <laughs> you have to be very careful not to get random internet advice about this stuff and actually have a sit down with somebody and do a break even analysis on an S corp. Mm-hmm. But if you do it and it comes out in your favor, it's great because you can save a lot of money in self-employment tax. And as a rule of thumb, I would say if you're outside of New York state, above $50,000 in profit, so that's after expenses, that's not revenue, that's profit. Above 50,000 is starting to get to be where it's worth a conversation with an accountant about if an S-corp is right for you. 
And um, please note, I said accountant, not lawyer. It's the thing you file with the IRS. It's a it's a tax thing. Yeah. Um, and if you're in New York, it's going to be a lot higher. The threshold <laughs> might be closer to two hundred thousand dollars, like way higher. In way profit. Higher. In profit. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you uh, really want to you want to be careful and not get in a group of business buddies and somebody says, oh, you need to form an S corp and then go out and do it. It's something you need to really like take a look at your own situation before you yep. do it. I love it. And I'm so glad that you specified in profit because I have heard a lot of, you know, people love talking about S corps. Like what's one thing you wish you'd done sooner in your business, mm-hmm. you know, filed for S corp status or whatever it is. And everyone I've heard talk about it always talks about it in terms of gross revenue. Mm. Meaningless. Meaningless. And so I think it's really, really helpful that you actually talked about it through the lens of profit because it is significant to friends. Um, Amazing. Okay. Where can people find you, connect with you, all of those things for more tax, digestible tax goodness? Absolutely. So I have a podcast, the Sunlight Podcast, and you can find that. And you can also find a visual guide to tax deductions. Um, It was designed by an artist, which is me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's a visual guide to tax deductions. So that's all on my website, sunlighttax.com. And if you want, maybe I'll send you a couple um, Sunlight Podcast episodes that are specifically about S-Corps because I have a whole bunch of them because this is an ongoing challenge that I see. So that, that is useful probably for your listeners. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Last question for you mm-hmm. as an accountant, when you help you with their taxes, you can work with people in any state, right? It's not like the bar yeah. association that you have to be like a lawyer in only certain states or what have you, you can really help people across the country. Correct. And in fact, so I'm an enrolled agent, which is I'm licensed by the IRS, which is federal. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually federally licensed and specifically licensed in federal tax law. So that is all 50 states. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Hannah. So lovely to chat with you. Everyone, please listen to this and learn and go find out more because I was actually having a conversation earlier today in a workshop that I was hosting with a woman and she was talking about how she was wanted to incentivize people to purchase something now so that they could write it off in their 2023 taxes. And mm. she's like, I don't think everybody thinks about their taxes the way that I do. And I'm like, I think you're right, but they should. And so. Oh, Frenchie, I want every year I host like a free um, like tax planning, you know, save more money at the end of year workshop. It's my least popular one. And I can't figure out why, because it's like, this is free money. This is a class on how to get free money. And people don't show up. I don't know if it's holiday craziness or that people just think, oh, tax planning is for somebody else. It's not me. It's somebody else. But if you're a business person, it's definitely for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. Thank you so much to everybody listening. Make sure you connect with Hannah. Follow Hannah. Go download her beautiful visual guide. And we'll be back with more snacks very soon. Bye, everyone. 